0: Let's turn to Psalm 103, Psalm 103. Let's stand and I'll read Psalm 103. It's not the last psalm in Book 4. It is the last psalm we're planning to consider in Book 4. And then move on over into Book 5, 106 we've already covered, as well as Psalm 104, Uh, Dave uh, this is backing up to Psalm 103, which I just wanted to save till the end of this of this book. And then we'll jump over, Lord willing, with the Lord's Supper into Psalm 110, a specific messianic song of the Messiah. Psalm 103, hear God's word, his holy, inspired, infallible, inerrant word. I'll be using the New American Standard Bible, uh, the title, which is not inspired as we understand it, It says that it's of David. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of his benefits, who pardons all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with loving kindness and compassion, who satisfies your years with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. The Lord performs righteous deeds and judgments for all who are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the sons of Israel, the Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in loving kindness. He will not always strive with us, nor will he keep his anger forever. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his loving kindness toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Just as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he, he himself knows our frame He is mindful that we are but dust. As for man, his days are like grass. As a flower of the field, so he flourishes. When the wind has passed over it, it is no more, and its place acknowledges it no more, no longer. But the loving kindness of the Lord is from everlasting "...to everlasting on those who fear him, and his righteousness to children's children, to those who keep his covenant and remember his precepts to do them. The Lord has established his throne in the heavens, and his sovereignty rules over all. Bless the Lord, you his angels, mighty in strength who perform his word." Obeying the voice of his word, bless the Lord, all you his hosts, you who serve him, doing his will. Bless the Lord, all you works of his in all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Please be seated. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Oh, put it in our hearts to bless your holy name. In our hearts, in our souls, as we speak to our own souls and uh, encourage us this way. As we quote scripture to ourselves and use it in our prayers. As we speak with one another. And as we seek to live before you, that we might bless you in all these areas, putting all our trust in you, who reigns in glory and whose sovereignty rules over all. In Jesus' name, amen. I dearly love Psalm 103. Dave and I assigned ourselves Book 4 of the Psalter, Psalms 92 through 106, for the third quarter of the year. We're going through five quarters third quarter of the year that ends with December. You might think I should preach on Psalm 106 on the last Sunday, but I held Psalm 103 out to close out the Book 4 series. Our friend Matthew Henry, dear friend, living from 1662 to 1714, says that In Psalm 103, David is communing with himself. And I've read more than once that David is stirring himself up in praise and thanksgiving to God. It is a true hymn of praise. It's a very good psalm for you to memorize. It's not too long, it flows easily. It begins and ends with the same encouragement, but to bless the Lord. There are lots of illustrations to catch your attention, and it's extremely comforting. What would happen if you were to memorize Psalm 103? What benefit would it be to you? How would you be changed? The whole Bible is a covenant document with the living God, your, your covenant of grace, the Lord's initiating it and carrying it out and then applying it to you, but a covenant document between the Lord and you. Psalm 103 gives you the words and tools for meeting with the living God and for meditating on his goodness in your life, for speaking to yourself, for preaching to yourself, Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. You may think of Matt Redmond's 10,000 Reasons as you, as you hear it sung, as you've heard it that sung in worship here. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, O oh my soul. Worship his holy name. Sing like never before, O oh my soul. I will worship, worship your holy name. Bless Jehovah, the God who condescended to establish and maintain a covenant relationship with me, the sinner. That's what you can be saying in your heart as you, as you recite, as you meditate on Psalm 103. Palmer Robertson says that Psalm 103 emphasizes God's covenant faithfulness, his loving kindness, his As that word, that H-E-S-C-D word that I hope you're learning or you already know very well, chesed, his loving kindness. When Dick Belcher, who, who teaches at RTS Charlotte, a friend of ours, part of our presbytery, when he's writing in his book, The Messiah and the Psalms, he uses three chapters to introduce the importance of preaching Christ from every one of the Psalms. And then he spends the rest of the book examining chosen specific Psalms. The first Psalm he chooses is Psalm 103. He spends five paragraphs writing about Psalm 103, and he uses the word covenant 20 times in those five paragraphs. This is about your relationship with God, your covenant with God. Every day of your life, you must commune with your covenant Lord and King. In the calm seasons of life, read His Word quietly and meditate on His goodness and grace. In times of terrible turmoil, do not neglect to do the same thing. He has established His throne in the heavens. His sovereignty rules over all. There it is. There's that Moloch word, Jehovah Moloch. I don't know why it took me so long. There's been something rattling around in the back of my head that Moloch, that, uh, you know, in, in Hebrew, you have m- mainly consonants. And uh, as far as we know, Mo- Moses didn't use vowels. That was added much later. Um, but so you just have these, these consonants. And so for Moloch, he reigns or Melek, the king, you have these three main consonants, M and L and K. And I've tried to think about how I could get you to remember those letters for king. Have any of you caught on to what I'm thinking about? M, L, K? It finally hit me last night in the shower. Martin Luther, king! I can remember it that way. Can you remember it that way? Well, here we are again His sovereignty rules over all. Jehovah is the Melech, the king. He rules, he reigns. His Malkut, that's the word for sovereignty, it's all tied together, rules over all. He rules over all in the silence of your room. As you weep, as you wonder, as you question, as you praise, as you remember and try to thank him for all that he's done for you, as this psalm says. Your covenant God, who rejoices to declare, I am your God, you are my son, you are my daughter, actually comes and meets with you. He speaks with you. He knows our frame, verse 14. He is mindful. God Almighty, when he meets with you in your prayer closet, as you sit at the, at the dining room table, as you sit in your comfortable chair, as, wh- wherever it is, uh, out in the patio, out in the yard, walking around and meeting with him, he meets with God Almighty meets with you, and he is mindful that you are but dust, God knows he made Adam out of dust. Skeptics may deny that Adam was made out of the dust of the ground. But guess who was there? God was there. Guess who tells us what he did? God tells us what he did. He did it. And he remembers that we are but dust. He meets with us as he met with Moses when he put him in the cleft, the split place in the rock. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, verse 8, slow to anger and abounding in loving kindness. Loving kindness, that's that chesed word. That's your lifeline. The Lord, the Lord speaks the word to Moses in the cleft of the, wo- of the rock, and he speaks to you in the same way. He gives you this same word, chesed, his undeserved loving kindness in the quiet of your meditating heart, in re- your rejoicing or your aching, Or you're worried or your broken heart. I'd like to ask you to turn to Exodus chapter 32, and then we'll go a little beyond that, but let's turn to Exodus 32. This verse 8 of Psalm 103 the Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in loving kindness. That should connect you back to Exodus 32 and 33. Moses was so angry with the children of Israel that when he saw the golden calf and the idolatry, he was so angry. Let's look at verse 19 of Exodus 32. It came about as soon as Moses came near the camp that he saw the calf and the dancing And Moses' anger burned, and he threw the tablets from his hands and shattered them at the foot of the mountain. He took the calf which they had made and burned it with fire, ground it to powder, scattered it over the surface of the water, and made the sons of Israel drink it. Then Moses said to Aaron, what did this people do to you? that you have brought such great sin upon them. Aaron said, Do not let the anger of my Lord burn. You know the people yourself, that they are prone to evil. For they said to me, Make a God for us who will go before us. For this Moses, the man who brought us up from the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. I said to them, Whoever has any gold, let him tear it off. So they gave it to me, and I threw it into the fire and... Out came this calf. And then you see below that, in verse 26, you have that question, who is on the Lord's side? That's the way it's written in the King James. You may wonder where that him term comes from. Moses said, who's on the Lord's side? Uh, Or whoever is for the Lord, come to me. And so the Levites came. Of course, Aaron was a Levite. Moses was a Levite. Miriam was a Levite. Sons of Levi came, and they were told to go through the camp and kill every man his brother, verse 27, every man his friend, every man his neighbor, and they killed 3,000. So they're in a they're in terrible situation. And it is um, amazing that the Lord didn't destroy them all. Go on over to first to uh, chapter 33, verse Fourteen. Let's see. Let's go back into uh, back to verse five. No, about verse three. Go up to a land flowing with milk and honey. For I will not go up in your midst because you are an obstinate people and I might destroy you on the way. And then in verse, after, after Moses stands in the gap, verse 14, my presence shall go with you, and I will give you rest. And Moses says, verse 15, then he said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not lead us up from here. And then in verse 18, he says, show me your glory. And then go on over to chapter 34, and the Lord answers this way. The Lord descended in the cloud. He had put Moses in the cleft of the rock, descended in the cloud, and stood there with him as he called upon the name of the Lord. Then the Lord passed by in front of him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord, compassionate, compassionate. I consider that a green word to be highlighted in green and gracious I consider that to be a green word to be to highlighted in green slow to anger and abounding in loving kindness there's the chesed word and truth the emet word both of those tied to the covenant specifically who keeps loving kindness Tested for thousands, and forgives iniquity, transgression, and sin. Yet by no means will leave the guilty unpunished, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children and on the grandchildren to the third and fourth generation. And Moses made haste to bow low toward the earth and to worship. If you have the outline there, and you have that little sketch, you can see Moses standing in the brightness of the Lord, being near him. And he's hearing the Lord declare, the Lord, the Lord, compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in loving kindness, abounding in loving kindness and truth. Psalm 103, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. It's the believer's soul fellowship with God. Fellowship of the soul to God. What would, you, what would happen to you if you memorized Psalm 103? And have in your mind, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Can you say it with me? Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. I cannot explain to you how memorizing scripture changes you. I cannot explain it, but you can easily experience it. You can fully experience it. If you you were to memorize Psalm 103, if you were to have those words in your heart, you could have that communication with the Lord, this inner discussion with the Lord in your heart. You, you would have the, the cleft of the rock, self revelation of God that He spoke to Moses deep within you, face to face, direct and personal fellowship with the God who loves you. Verse 7 and 8 He made known His ways to Moses, His acts to the sons of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in loving kindness. So whether you are angry, Whether you are depressed, whether you're joyful, whether you're overwhelmed, whatever, those words all always minister to you. Bless the Lord in my soul. And the Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in loving kindness and truth. What are the ways that Psalm 103 will grow us in our meeting with our loving covenant Lord, the King, our soul in fellowship with God? The First question, what shall we do in blessing God? We shall thank him. I've mentioned to many of you before that there are several verses I have noticed in the Bible that I never obey. And the second half of verse 2 is one of them. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of his benefits. We're going to try to remember all his benefits. He, He pardons all our iniquities, he heals all our diseases, he redeems our life from the pit. He crowns us with love and kindness and compassion. He satisfies our years with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. He'll forget none of his benefits, who pardons all of your diseases, who pardons all of your iniquities, who heals all of your diseases, none, all and all. Could a whole day of prayer, if, if you went off somewhere, you went off to a, to a picnic shelter in a state park, You went up to King's Mountain somewhere or or Crowder's Mountain or or sat on the beach or or just went out by a pond or a stream or on your back porch. If you spent a whole day in your chosen place of prayer, a day of prayer, not an hour of prayer, but a day of prayer, would you ever reach the bottom of verses 1 through 5? I think not you would still have so many blessings to remember. The first thing we would do if we're going to spend time with our covenant Lord is we shall thank him. What is our relationship? He is in covenant with us as he was in covenant with the people under Moses. Verses 17 and 18. But the loving kindness of the Lord, the chesed of the Lord, for, for is this un, un, undeserved loving kindness for is from everlasting to everlasting upon those who fear him. His righteousness, there's the covenant, not to your children, but to your children's children. Even as you find other places in scripture, Old Testament and New Testament, those who are far off. To those who keep his covenant and remember his precepts to do them. So when you sit down with the Lord, you thank him and you you remember, second, that He is your God, and that he has said, and he's bound himself to the truth that he is your God. You are his adopted child. And what has he done? He's forgiven us. Oh, has he forgiven us? He paid for our sins. It is done. It is finished. It is extensive. It is intensive. It is unfathomable. Just listen and later memorize the words in verse 8. The Lord is compassionate and gracious. Is he the judge? Of course he's the judge. Is he the king of kings? Of course he is. And as king, he is compassionate. He is gracious, slow to anger. Abounding in loving kindness, he will not always strive with us, nor will he keep his anger forever. He has not dealt with us according to our sins. Surprise, surprise. He is not like us. He loves us. He doesn't hold us to all the demands he's placed on our lives. He he realizes we're but dust. And he loves us in spite of who we are. He loves us. Why? Because he loves us. He elected and chose to place his love on us. Election is real. And it's a really unimaginable blessing. And predestination, one thing it means, is the Lord gets all, all the glory for our salvation. How big is his chesed, his loving kindness? For as high as the heavens are above the earth, So far, so great is his loving kindness toward those who fear him. How effectively has he forgiven us? Has Has he really, really fully forgiven us? Has he forgiven you? Can you believe that? That he's really forgiven you of those things that you suspect may not be forgiven? He says he has. How does he view us? Like a loving father. He has removed our transgressions as far as the east is from the west. You've probably heard this from this pulpit and in Bible studies in different ways over and over again. But you can take a ruler or a yardstick, and you can start at the North Pole. Of course, this is a difficult thing to do, but theoretically at least. You can start at the North Pole, and you can measure to the South Pole. It is a finite distance, and I don't know what it is, but you, some of y'all may know what it is. But you can measure that, and, and it comes to an end. You get to the South Pole, and there it is. Try to measure east from west. Start here and go east. <laughs> there, is no stop. there is no east pole to start or stop. There's no west pole. He has taken your sins as you meet with him and as you take your burdens to him, and you know you don't have any right in yourself to come before him because of all your sins, including the recent ones. He has taken your sins and thrown them so it's as though it goes around and around and around the world. It never comes back. There's not an end. He uses a finite globe to illustrate his infinite forgiveness. He forgives you. He He is our Heavenly Father. He is our Heavenly Father. He has compassion upon him. Who is he? Verse 8. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in loving kindness. Exodus 34, 6. Then the Lord passed by in front of Moses and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, Jehovah, compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in loving kindness. And this is after the golden calf. This is after Moses broke all Ten Commandments at the same time when he threw them down. But but it was the people who broke the commandments. And they had denied God. And yet he says, compassionate and gracious. And he did not destroy them. And he went with them. What shall I do then? I shall bless him. Oh, my soul, I shall bless him. And then it expands. This, this, This psalm expands. I shall call on God's covenant people to bless him. You can see this as you work through it. I call on the church to bless him. I call on everyone on earth to bless him. I call on every being in heaven, angels, mighty angels who perform his work, cherubim, seraphim. We don't know too much about the host, but they're powerful and they're a great multitude and they carry out his his work. To all of us, we join with him in blessing him. The Lord has established his throne in heaven. Verse nineteen and his sovereignty, his kingship, his so- reign is in that word. Rules over all. Bless the Lord, you his angels, mighty in strength. They're not little cherubs, you know, painted on the ceiling in their pink and blue and white clouds. The angels are angels. Cherubim are mighty. Seraphim are the burning ones. Bless the Lord, you his angels who perform his word. Bless the Lord, all you his hosts who serve him doing his will. Bless the Lord, all you works of his in all places of his dominion, which is everywhere. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Elvira P. Alexander, the wife of a ruling elder at Second Presbyterian Church in Greenville, was a blessed and effective Bible teacher among the ladies at Second Presbyterian. She loved the commentaries of G. Campbell Morgan, uh, and an older colleague of uh, Dr. D. Um, Martin Jones. Um, he and he, she went home to be with the Lord before we arrived in Greenville, but her husband graciously gave me G. Campbell Morgan's uh, commentaries that, that uh, she used. Morgan has special insights into the scriptures because he just—I see him as as, as the, the the pig who sits down and sinks down in good soft mud in one of those children books we used to read—that um, he sort of gets down into the scriptures and then he looks around and sees what he finds there. It's great insight, uh, and I also love to read what Elvira Alexander wrote in the margins on the on the text of Psalm 103. Ms. Alexander underline, underlined the gracious act of the Lord, all these acts, in verses 3 through 5. And then she divided the psalm into individual consciousness, verses 1 through 5, and then national consciousness, uh, us and our, uh, my for the first five verses, then us and our in, the, in verses um, 6 through 18, and then universal consciousness or all in verses 19 through 22. She put a check mark by, thy youth is renewed like the eagle. <laughs> and at verses seven and eight that I've sort of emphasized this morning, she wrote, how wonderful, how wonderful praise. As for G. Campbell Morgan, he labeled the psalm as being a psalm describing Jehovah, the loving father. And this is what he said. He said, it almost seems a work of supererogation to write anything about this psalm. Don't worry about that word. (laughs) But he was saying, I probably don't really need to write anything about it. All you got to do is read it. He said, it is perhaps the most perfect psalm of pure praise to be found in the Bible. Now, just imagine, if you've got this in your heart, and you're locked up in solitary confinement in prison, or you're locked up in solitary confinement in intensive care or C V I C U, or you break your neck, or something else happens, and you can't get to a Bible, you can't turn on your phone, you can't do anything. If Psalm 103 is within you, and it is if it is indeed, if 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 Mr. Morgan understands it correctly, the most perfect Psalm of pure praise to be found in the Bible, then I pray that it would become ours. He says, Morgan says, you may may want to write these words down, I don't don't know, I, I want to remember them. It has become, Psalm 103, has become the common inheritance of all who, through suffering and deliverance, have learned the goodness of Jehovah. I'll read it one more time. Psalm 103 has become the common inheritance, it's ours, of all who through suffering. I can think about Jennifer. It has become the common inheritance of all who through suffering and deliverance have learned the goodness of Jehovah may Psalm 3 be yours let it be the next psalm you memorize your covenant lord has given it to you through david's struggles he's given it freely to you and me. May it become ours.